Greetings. All you commanders, eagles, and angels. Welcome to a night at the round table. With? With? <laughs> uh, Micah Green and... Oh, no, we're the hosts. With the hosts. With Tara and Rama. As the hosts. And we yes. are... We are Reporting from the galactic realms most of the time. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and, um, but, uh, from a, uh, good grounding, uh, activity, we are going to pass this talking stick to our wonderful friend, Omina. And she will lead us in a meditation so that we can do that grounding sort of stuff. So here comes here comes this talking stick to you, Omina. Well, thank you very much, Tara and Rama, and welcome everybody. And tonight we're going to continue our healing the world, healing ourselves from bonded trauma, from trauma that we might have suffered, and for any trauma that's triggered that's going on in the world right now between Israel and um, the Gaza Strip, because we have a lot of news of a lot of people living in this country that are very, very worried about families on both sides. Everybody is suffering, and it's not just one side. It's everyone. And I would like to lead you in a meditation. So get very comfortable. Close your eyes. Take a couple of deep breaths, cleansing breaths. And as you do that, open your third eye. It's right between your eyebrows. Visualize it. And you visualize the world. And you're going to sit there, put your hands out. You have the world sitting there. And visualize whatever God you believe in. And you're going to say, he has the whole world in his hands. And you light the violet flame under the whole world that is sitting on your hands. And that your God has in his hands. And you use the violet flame to purify all the beings, all the thoughts, all the wars that's going on. And you ask that all that energy, that energy of hate, that energy of control, that energy of command, that energy of suffering be transmuted into the divine energy that it is meant to be, and for all the innocent people that do not want to fight but are suffering, that they find peace. If they leave this world, they find peace, that the people they leave behind find peace, that their grief will be lessened through the violet flame. The violet flame is very powerful, and through that third eye, every time you think of people suffering in a war they did not want, See that violet flame lasting through all the negative energy in the world. Each time you visualize that, last the violet flame. God's most holy high, last the violet flame. Amen. And welcome back to the room. Thank you, Amina. 
Yes, the whole world is focused on, I would say, peace. I I believe that the humanity is ready for some peace. Yes. And uh, let's make it long-lasting this time. And I would like to remind all the ministers who say they're Christians, not only pray for Israel, pray for everybody. I have seen many, many, many statements where everybody is praying for Israel. I have nothing against praying for Israel. But you would think 5,000, over 5,000 people died on the Gaza Strip, which is a lot more than the people on the Israeli side in terms of deaths, of children, everybody. And I didn't realize that if they thought that the terrorists were in the hospital on the Gaza Strip, the rules of engagement, the rules of war, they can attack that hospital. Imagine what that's like. Yeah. So Uh, it's, it's just horrible. I mean, it's like if you are out there and you're preaching, I pray to God that you're preaching to pray for everybody, not just one side. And any preacher that tells me they're praying for Israel, they're going to have to listen to me because I really get a soapbox about this. I'll get off my soapbox now, but you get the message. I. Well, you, you guys understand, but there's a lot of, I have to say, there was one on it from Franklin Graham. That's Billy Graham's son. I have nothing against the man. But he wrote a whole lot about Israel, praying for Israel, praying for Israel, praying. And I just could not let it go. I had to write back, and I know I told you this story. And I said, and you call yourself a God of man? And do you realize that Jesus Christ was a Palestinian Jew? Yeah. And, and did he go around sorting out people, saying he's only pray for this one or that one? He prayed for everybody. He blessed everybody. He loved everybody. And you're a minister? And you only want to pray for one side? You might want to think it. Pray for everybody. I think a couple of days later, I saw another one of his sermons in there. And at the end of it, he said, pray for everybody. I'm sure he got a lot of things, not just mine. I'm sure he got from a lot of people. So you're no Christian to me and you're no, you're no minister if you're only praying for one side. I'm sorry. That's the end, that's the end of my rant. Okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, that, that's great, Omina. And I just wanted to every, everybody to know that Omina has deep insight into the psyche. And she, 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 she has an ability to make these kinds of evaluations. Because she knows, and we all have that ability. It's just that Omina has been gifted, and she has been using it for so many years. That, yep. And and you've been in the system too, working with counseling for people uh, who are going through every kind of trauma in the book. That's very true. Yes. And Almina, are you done? I mean, I'm just passing the talking stick back to you if you want to take your whole turn. 
No, it's, I mean, if we're talking about the energy, we're going around the table, that's definitely fine. Um, yes. The, the, I find the energies again going back and forth. And of course, I've been working with a lot of people around the trauma that's going on in the world and how they're traumatized and the uh, bonded trauma. Uh, bonded trauma is where you may not have any trauma, but you're listening to somebody who's been terribly traumatized and re-traumatized if they have family over there. So you become bonded to that person, which means you're going to suffer from the trauma too, but not to the same extent. So it's very, it's very, very, um, disturbing. And I would suggest anyone just turn off the TV. If you're worried about your loved ones and, the, and what's going to happen with this whole mess, just pray for them. Say, God bless them. Keep them safe. Allah, you bless them. Keep them safe. Whatever, whatever your higher power or your higher religion is, use it. If you don't have any, you don't have to have any religion to ask them to be blessed. You don't even have to say, God, just say, keep them safe and bless them. That's all you have to do. Because whatever hurts one of them hurts all of us by our through the trauma. That's how we're connected. And for all the people that are in grief and suffering, that's the energy of the world right now. I do think it's coming to an end soon. I really do, but I think there's gonna be a lot more damage done before it does come to an end. Because they are parties that are not going by the rules of engagement in war. This is a war that's been going on for a long, long time. Yeah. When the land was taken away from the Palestinians to give it to the Jewish people so they would have a home. And that's what, how Israel was created in 1948. Mm -hmm. And they were warring before then a couple of thousand years ago when the Romans ruled us. So you had... You had the Jewish and the Arabs that were ruled by Rome. But you had the Palestinian Jews. And they, most of those lived in Palestine. They didn't live in, it was all Palestine, actually. Exactly. Until, the, until the land was divvied up. So it's been an ongoing conflict. It reminds me of the conflict in Ireland. Ireland had a war going on with the British for 800 years because he imported all the black providence from Scotland, took the land off of the natives, and gave it to them. And they didn't get it back until 1921, when 1916 it started, and they didn't get the whole lot of it back. So it's 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 history that's unfair. Yeah. So you know, I passed the talking stick. Yes, I was just going to say that. Uh, as of 8 o'clock this morning, Eastern Time, on Democracy Now!, Amy announced that there's 6,000 dead. Um, oh, yes. on, on, the, uh, on the Gaza Strip? Uh, uh, um, uh, yes, and, uh, and 4,000 of them are women and children. Oh, yes. They do. Yes, I know. It's more than 4,000, but... I know for sure it's at 4,000, but there's more than that. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's two-thirds of the people. God bless them. Yes. They and, are out of the conflict. 
and probably in a much more safer, happier place. But there's an awful lot of people left behind in grief. Yeah, and that, and, and terror. They're they're definitely not following the rules of war at all, and they no. plenty no. of. Them. And so, and we'll give a right report on that in terms of the faction three white knights, what they have to say. Yet for now, I'm thinking. I'm going to pass the talking stick to. All right, Penny, you're on. <laughs> okay, I'm here. So um, I'm going to um, bring up a few things from uh, Aurora Ray. And okay, the reason. Penny? Yes, Penny, ma'am. Let me introduce people to you by your wonderful penmanship here. Um, this is Penny Christofferson, and she says, the activist, the note. Archivist, archivist. Oh, my God. The archivist, absolutely different. Yes. The archivist, archivist, the note taker, the editor for material related to the weekly, weekly calls, the researcher of subjects discussed, a bit of a grammarian who is mad about good sentence structure, yet wears neither round glasses nor her hair in a bun. (laughs) A chorister since grade school, up to and including today, for the most part, sees the funny side of life and loves to laugh. Okay, back to you, Penny. Now people know you better. Okay. Um, and the reason I'm uh, making a big deal about Aurora Ray is that she's speaking on behalf of the Galactic Federation, however she came about that role. So what she's saying is really a report on how they're seeing our progress as humanity. And for that reason, it alone, it's a good idea to, to read it. And of course, contrasted to what uh, Omina and Tara have been talking about, it it sounds like a bit of um, uh, what do I want to call it? You know, daydreaming. You know, uh, not being able to an eternal optimist position. Uh, but there are acknowledgments, even in their writing, in her writing, of what's going on. And I just want to bring up a few things that she talks about, and this is uh, November the 1st, and I'm going to send these out afterwards, of course. Uh, We are transitioning from the third dimension to the fifth dimensional frequencies of peace, love, and harmony with all life. Dark energies are dissipating as the light infuses hearts and mind. The time has come to co-create heaven on earth, and our work is now, as a collective, to dream the new earth into being. And I think that's uh, I think that's the words that Patty Cota Robles uses too. Anyhow, we can still feel the presence of dark energies and forces that wish to limit our growth. But over time, the life light has been growing stronger, and now the light has triumphed. And that we've that message we've been hearing for for, for several weeks now from Mother as uh, Rama channels her on thir- on uh, Friday nights. And we've been hearing it from the White Knight reports, too. 
Um, the light victory means that positively love and higher consciousness are ascending. Whereas before, individuals may have felt alone in standing up to dark energies. And now there's a, a powerful collective force of light that cannot be defended, um, sorry, uh, defeated or deterred. Um, the winning, the win of the light is an energetic shift. Imagine a scale that has had heavy weights placed on the dark energy side for ages and ages. And me, I'm saying ages and ages and ages. Those weights are now being steadily removed, ounce by ounce. Um, the light energy is rising higher and higher. And this is a time for hope and optimism. The darkness and negativity that once prevailed are giving way, and there's a momentum towards greater unity, compassion, and awakening. So this turning of the tide has opened up new possibilities for humanity. With the clamp of evil loosened, our higher natures will have room to grow and flourish. We can each shine brighter and fulfill our soul's purpose. Um, we must remain vigilant because the defeated darkness may look for an opportunity to regain ground. Well, they're working hard on it, but we know that that is not going to happen. And you'll hear Rama reporting on that um, a little bit later when he talks about his conversations with Mr. X. So that was for uh, yesterday. And today she talks, the title of this one is The Accelerating Shift, Humanity's Collective Consciousness Awakening. And she's talking about the shoe. She starts off by talking about the Schumann resonance, which indicates a quickening in the planetary heartbeat and more intense cycles of change and we how we experience both turbulence and breakthrough. But here's the point. Each person has a choice to resist or embrace the waves of change. By staying centered in the present moment, we can ride these rapids to exciting new horizons. And sometimes we forget that. But anyway, the increase the increased quickening is a sign that humanity is going through a collective metamorphosis. We are rapidly evolving into a new state of being. It is vital that we adapt and welcome change rather than cling to the past. Well, here, that's from a viewpoint that's higher than any of us have. And so that's why these reports are uh, quite important. Uh, the more we allow our consciousness to expand, the smoother the transition can be. By actively participating in our own transformation, we help manifest the potential of the emerging the, the, um, emerging Earth. The opportunity to bring together the world's brightest mind is at our fingertips. Many light workers, or those who embody and spread light and higher consciousness, have felt called over the past decade to awaken and step into their full potential. Well, and here I want to bring up some of the people that are on the team. And one of them is Mr. Kesh, and there's Dr. Greer, and there's Graham Hancock, and Greg Braden, and so many of the people that we listen to on Friday and Saturday nights. And the, some of the astrologers are, are really phenomenal. And they're all saying all, that all of this is happening. So we have people acknowledging it happening on the planet, and we have... um a lot of big dudes in the background. So I, I, we've got lots and lots and lots to be happy about. 
there's an inf- influx of energy, she says, activating DNA in these individuals and gives them access to abilities and spiritual awareness that they have long forgotten. And this is also what's happening to us. That's what's happening, as Rama keeps telling us, with the gold particles that are coming in with the sun. This is happening to us. And I know that, that I know I can feel and have I've had different experiences tell me that tell me this is happening to me, too. And then she reports that more and more light workers are tuning into guidance from their higher selves, their angels, their spirit guides, and the ascended masters, and are shedding limiting beliefs. And the more that happens, the better off we all are. Then many light workers are coming together in soul groups and communities like ours. And there's all sorts of communities out there that are being formed uh, based around a particular way of thinking. So. And we are continuing, she reports that humanity is continuing to evolve spiritually. And one, on the new earth, the focus will be on love, is on love, unity, community, and living in harmony with each other and the planet. Oh, and, and talking about living in harmony with the planet, I have an article from the Tai written by a young woman who was going to the University of uh, Victoria in British Columbia. And she studied writing, creative writing, and she was doing biology, eco-biology and, and things related. And she paid for her schooling by being a tree planter in the areas where the logging had gone and stripped the sides of the mountains. And she has a really uh, interesting insight on it. She calls the tree planting activity the other side of logging, in other words, greenwashing. Because once you've destroyed, basically what you're saying is once you've destroyed the structure that nature put there, you never get back what was what was there. And uh, it's uh, uh, the planting of trees is uh, at least a, a step in one direction. The people who dig oil wells don't even bother to clean up their mess. Anyway, that's my rant for today. And then she goes on to talk about um, that the new earth exists in a higher vibrational frequency compared to the dense frequencies that dominate our current 3D uh, reality and that we're being called to raise our collective vibration and consciousness. And, and of course, she doesn't mention, well, just by the very fact of us raising our own consciousness, we're raising the consciousness of those about, about um, around us even though we're not actively seen as quote-unquote teachers of any kind. We're just doing it. Um, so uh, landscapes on the new earth are pristine with restored natural environments. People live in conscious communities and peaceful cooperation. Advanced technologies harness renewable energy sustainably. That means uh, no more solar panels. Abundance is shared and everyone's basic needs are met in a gift economy, she calls it. I don't know, Tara, whether we would call Nasara a gift economy. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know what else she attaches to that term. And harm and, and, and humanity works together. So we are steadily progressing toward this imminent quantum leap by envisioning the new earth and embracing higher states of being. We align our energy fields with this emerging reality. And of course, the more of us do it, uh, the sooner everything uh, comes about and the new earth 
And we can do it through dedication and unified intention. And we then, and then that's the way that we actualize the new earth. So that's all I have to say for the moment, except one more thing. That the music that I've chosen for the end of the show, um, I wrote something here. It's, um, I found a musical expression of the reason that we're in the current cataclysmic confusion of confrontation and calamity. And it's been brought on by empires. And so when you see, <laughs> you see what I've chosen, you have to listen carefully, but you'll see um, what's being said about empires and how we arrived at this state of affairs. So I just leave you with that in the hopes that you'll uh, make sure to listen to the closing music. So I pass the talking stick back to you, Tara. I was going to say, since you mentioned the gift economy. Yes. I pulled something from a while ago. I I don't think there's a date on it, but this is an interesting little poem. And it's about the grantor and the trustee by the benefactor. So it's teaching us about trusts, and that's how you can be. This can be a gift economy. So let me read this. Yeah. Once upon a time, in verses and rhyme, a grantor and trustee were one, helping to bring the new paradigm on which world peace is won. Many people they did bless with the wealth of pure consciousness and peace and happiness they did spread with the natural law trust and the wisdom of oneness they banished bondage and brought freedom instead from where from whence did such a oneness commence those who are curious may query, for it was long before hence, I do sense, for the past of mystery. The answer be, it seems to me, that the match was made in, in infinity. They came from on high, you see, to meet on earth with affinity. Innocence as the dove, innocent as the dove, bestowing love and delayed for a spell by the forces of hell. You might say that's where we are at the moment. They, mm. they hail from the one high above whose truth they did tell via the freedom bell. And so it was not strange for the one to arrange liberation from this dark age. The decree was made across the range. Quote, empower the trusts to open the way. Unquote. So from then 
and thereafter. There was rejoicing and laughter, and the forces of hell gave way to a golden age in the now and hereafter with the dawning on earth, a new day. How about that, Penny? Yeah, that's great. Who wrote it, Tara? Um, it doesn't say. How old is it? Um, <laughs> I think it says here. Huh. I think it's 2022 November. So a year old. Hmm. Yes, well, it's November. <laughs> a year, oh. exactly a year then. Okay. Well, if you send it to me, I'll, I can look it up or even give me just a later. You can give me a couple of lines and that's how you find out what words are, where they're from. Okay. Rama will. What he'll do is he'll scan it into the computer again, and then he'll send it to you. Good. Okay, fine. Thanks. That sounds like, yeah, that was inspired. It sounds like it's inspired by Nasara for sure. That's very good. Yes, I think it it, it had something to do with that because um, we're all going to get a couple of hundred uh, of lists of trust indentures when we get our package at the door. It's all going to be, we can choose from two, 200 different types of trust indentures, which means a series of trusts to set the uh, the gift that we're all receiving. Every man, woman, and child, except for a few that are being taken off the planet, you might say. And they'll be going to different classes. <laughs> uh, and And we will... We will have the responsibility, see, with this with this uh, gift that we all get to share to create community. And, uh, you know, how does that say? Um, think globally, act locally. So that's what's happening here. That's what that's saying. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. we're starting anew. We're really starting anew. And yes. Um, and we must get over, you know, this revenge of the Sith attitude. <laughs> and yes, there's some very evil things going on by some folks on the planet. It's really important that we send them more love. It doesn't do anything to improve if you're going to play that other game. As you mentioned earlier, somebody you know is toothless and a few other things. <laughs> eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth you know makes everybody blind and toothless as Mark Luther King Jr. did say but he he changed the world very very much in teaching people nonviolence in our actions and our thoughts in our words in our deeds and I'm really the, the the other thing I'd just like to add in closing uh, to Tara about one of the things getting over the revenge of the Sith is one attitude. And then the other t- attitude that we're all struck, stricken with, I'm not sure if attitudes we're stricken, but anyway, um, a general observation is that we've been living in a consumer, a consumer econ- economy for so long 
that the whole idea of having more than the other guy is is just built into us. We're born with that. And um, so the idea of sharing uh, without, you know, as, as a way of being is like totally strange. Some people do it already, but don't we know that they're fools and they get taken advantage of is the kind of thing that happens. Uh, but that's, in fact, where we're all going. So um, getting that other idea in our head as well and thinking about what it means is also very, very important. It, indeed, it is. And um, um, I think that as we um, treat each other with respect, no matter what's going on, we don't really know what's going on in another person's life. And so um, let's, uh, uh, let's be kind and let's be uh, compassionate, as the Dalai Lama seems to say. Mm-hmm. And um, I surely know that there's at least one until uh, Dalai Lama got something to say. Um, but before we go to there, we want to take Thank you. Thank you, Penny, so much. And hey. let's see what we can do with the, this talking stick now. And I, I'm i going to introduce my son, Micah, here. I was thinking earlier before the show started, uh, Micah was about eight or eight and a half. And we went to do a sweat lodge. And the way you build a lodge is you take strong but bendable branches and you you bend them over and and at least in four uh, fours sometimes there's another branch and it makes six you know uh bent over branches you tie it firmly uh together at the center where they meet and then you can put rocks uh where they come to the ground to to secure them at the ground and then you put blankets over that. And then uh, you create a pit in the center of that sweat lodge. And then outside of the sweat lodge, you gather more rocks and you put them in a pit with, and, and you create a fire with other twigs and branches. And that makes the, the, the rocks really hot. And then you move them carefully. There's a way to do it so you don't burn yourself. Mm. And you place those very hot rocks in the pit inside the sweat lodge. And then you go into the lodge. If I remember. Turn pool water. Yes. And I think you go in a certain circle way. You go in the circle of certain <sighs> clockwise. You go in clockwise. And then, yeah. And then you come out the same way, right? Yes. Mm. But uh, there's much ceremony there. And Micah was like a duck in water. It was like he remembered other incarnations. And he was talking from his elder self in the sweat lodge at eight. Mm -hmm. And he was the youngest person in the sweat lodge. So that really set him on his path. And the native way, the land working with the land and I'll just say, Micah, you have also studied these things that are 
friend Kesh has been bringing to the world. And I saw something today from a little bit of a while ago. Kesh was making it very clear that if if there would be any kind of a, a plan to attack Iran in the Middle East here with what's going on here, he basically said without her harming a soul, without touching the hair on anybody's head, he will make the life of the people that are intending to cause harm like that. Uh, you might say uh, revert back to the cave age. And I didn't, I didn't question what he meant, but I know that he's talking about something from a more etheric plane that these technologies that he knows about has to do with. In other words, it's like instant karma. As you sow, so shall you reap. And uh, I think that's happening more and more. People are, uh, our Colonel Anne Wright, she she got into the onto the floor of Congress. And if you could remember very much, she went on this boat, this big ship, uh, to off the waters of Israel. And uh, there was some serious things going on uh, with the war in Iraq at, at that time. And she got on the floor of Congress and she said, it's time for a ceasefire. We're not doing this again like you did in Iraq mm-hmm. and Afghanistan. And I mean, she's much older now and she, she was so brave and she spoke and she went into such uh, a calm yet firm, clear message. They escorted her out of Congress. They did not arrest her. No. And she called for a ceasefire. Yeah. And then now we're hearing that uh, President Biden is calling for a pause. Yeah, it's called a humanitarian pause. That's better than what we've got now. And Bernie Sanders has asked for a ceasefire. Good for him. Yes. All right. So now, Micah, it's your turn. I pass this talking stick to you. Greetings to all of our (laughs) listeners from around the planet and throughout the cosmos. Well, uh, to be honest, um, I've been going back to the old adage as uh, chop wood, carry water before enlightenment, and after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Um, You know, stay in love as much as you can. I I, I can't stress that enough because really there's only love and fear in this world, right? So if you have a choice, I choose love. And um, also a very interesting uh, thing happened. Um, CNN, they, uh, hold on a second here. Look, just give me a second. Um, CNN, uh, okay. A demonstration of the technology on CNN by mistake. We share here with you, it's a link from a Brazilian YouTube channel where a live CNN broadcast shows by mistake in the background a missile in the night skies over Gaza apparently being intercepted by an unknown technology. 
It looks like the missile hits a field and jumps backwards for a second. And then another light comes on. And then two more lights appear, or should we say materialize in our dimension, making a star formation. And then the light of the star formation and the missile disappear, leaving only two lights in the sky. It's also interesting how CNN showed it live, but they did not say anything about it at all. The only channel we could find about this was on the YouTube channel in Brazil. And this is from our Brazilian Keshe Foundation family. Um, anyhow, there's a link for that and I can share it with people. Uh, it's a video. It's about nine minutes and 28 seconds. Uh, so this is what we're seeing here. Um, as much as these uh, powers that were continue to try to enforce their warmongering agenda, um, its time is up. We're not going to have it anymore on this planet. And peace is the number one goal of the Keshe Foundation. And um, also, President Z, uh, he had a conference recently where he talked about bringing peace to the world and working together as one family, one nation, one race, um, one soul. Because really, ultimately, that's what we, we are. <clears throat> We're all connected. There's no separation. Um, so that's my report for the evening, and I pass the talking stick back to you, um, Omina. Uh, no, no. Oh, excuse not. me, uh, Rama and Tara, forgive me. <laughs> it's okay. okay. Maybe Omina has something to say. Maybe that's yes. Okay, sure. I, maybe that's why I said it. <laughs> what did you say, Omina? You got something you want to put? Say, say something at the moment. No, I think Almina's contemplating. All right. So I think we shall pass this talking stick to our brother Randy. And I would say um, this is the creative uh, story, Randy, that Penny wrote for you here. Ever since... He learned to talk. Randy has been involved in research and development with consistent questions like who, what, where, when. The big one is always why. His R&D covers automotive subjects, human biology, and computers for the past 15 years has been studying he has been studying plasmatic sciences sciences as a volunteer knowledge seeker with the Keshe Foundation and we want to just mention that his knowledge of healing as a healer uh, goes to Thailand mm -hmm. Many, many years working and 
heading up a clinic, co-creating alternatives for for people from around the world that would be drawn to these alternative methods that in many, many cases save their lives. So with that, I pass this talking stick to you, Randy. Here it comes. Thank you, Tara. Well, I'm going to be kind of a little all over the place. I was late coming to the meeting because I was in a session with a lady called Sylvie the Cat Whisperer. And she bought in the Cat Collective. And people were asking questions and the Cat Collective was giving their knowledge and awareness of what's happening on the planet with the interaction between all cats and the human race. And basically they said this, we are and embody unconditional love. That's what we're here to teach you. And sometimes we will mirror back to you through our actions what kind of a state you are in. Are you in a state of just love, bliss, sexual energy, or real unconditional love? That's what we're here to teach you. So you have to realize that you may go visit people with cats, and the cats may be around you or they may be not, because they're sensing all your energies. They see and feel and hear and sense and smell everything about every part of their environment. So their basic message was, unconditional love is all there is. And we're here as a collective to teach love is. Now, things are beginning to unravel very, very fast. This is huge. Bombshell revelation by Health Canada. Pfizer gave the public a different vaccine than what was tested. One that was contaminated with DNA. This was confirmed by Health Canada. This is the biggest news story of the year that the establishment media won't report on. Pfizer gave the public a different vaccine than what they used in the clinical trials. While their clinical trial participants received a clean vaccine, the public's version, tweeted to be more cost-effective for mass production, was contaminated by potentially carcinogenic DNA. Health Canada confirmed the findings. I've sent Penny the link of where the information came from. So now we ask ourselves another question. Where does your blood donations really go? When you go down to the hospital and you give blood, what happens to that blood? Where does it go? Who gets it? And what do they use it for? Well, only 20% of the plasma that they extract from the blood is used in hospitals. The other 80% is sold to the drug companies to make medicine. But what the medical 
industry, particularly the blood industry, doesn't realize is that when you give blood, you're also giving part of your consciousness. So if you're in a sick mode, and you're having a bad day, and you're angry, and all the other stuff, and you say, I'm going to go to the hospital and give blood because that's I'm going to relax, that anger, all that frustration, all that stuff is in every blood cell in your body. That gets passed on to the blood. They can take out the bacteria, these things, that things, but they cannot take out your consciousness. This is why they have so many problems with heart recipients. Because, remember, that's the heart and soul of another person being transported into another person. So unless those souls get together and decide that, okay, I have your heart now, and let's let's just work on a balanced ground, there could be all sorts of complications. So we take a look at the time of speeding up. The weather, great big volcano ruptured off the other day in, in Russia. Watch the climate scientists, these experts, tell you how bad it is for the environment. What they don't understand is that's Mother Earth releasing the internal pressures just like when you burp after you have a meal. That's all the Earth is doing. And all that ash and all that, all those things help certain things in the environment. Go look on YouTube and find the videos that show what's happening in Chernobyl. A special species of tree, I forget what it is. It's proliferated now everywhere. They're growing like crazy. So Mother Earth is bringing those things back to balance. Balance is always being achieved in the universe. And this is the thing that the Keshe Foundation teaches. Everything is about balance. Bring yourself back into balance. Not just your physical part, not just your emotional part, but the communication between your physical soul and your spiritual soul. And this is why we will not have true peace on the planet unless we get rid of all religion and all money systems and governments. Because they're all in cahoots, they're all in bed with each other, all in bed with each other to do what? To keep you off your path, your spiritual path. In Canada, for example, I won't mention what country it is, but when these people claim asylum, they have they don't have to have a criminal record check. They have no health record check. They get free Canadian passports. They get free credit cards with a $5,000 limit. They get free cell phones, the new ones, the good ones, and they get free running shoes. And in some cases, they get free rent in the fancy hotel for two or three months. Folks, this is what is meant by things way out of balance. Yes, we should have compassion and empathy for our fellow humans, but not at the cost of what is happening on the emotional plane to many people with what is going on. And realize that the media is just as compliant as 
any war machine. Matter of fact, they promote it more than ever. Have you seen the front page of any newspaper that shows something positive or something good? No. Bring up any digital paper on the internet. It's nothing but war, terror, everything else. And notice that a lot of these newspaper places are asking now for money to read their articles because they're all broke. No one's buying the physical newspapers anymore. They're not bringing in the income. So that is a positive thing. And like was mentioned earlier, shut off the entertainment device called the television and or the radio. Because what people don't understand about radio is they use what's called subcarrier frequencies to carry other sounds underneath the audible sounds, but your brain, the subconscious, hears this. And that's how they promote more fear. There's only one vibration that was ever supposed to be on this planet, and that's love. We were we chose to come here as caretakers of the planet. So by going to a protest and hanging up a sign and yelling and screaming and angry and frustration is not helping anything. It's only adding to the negative energy. The best thing to do is send love to every person, everything. Send love to the entire planet because everybody, there's no such thing is getting too much love. I pass the talking stick. Oh, Randy. Randy, I think I got it that there's some naughty kids that are getting all this free stuff when they come into Canada. Is that what you're referring to? Yes, and it's not just Canada. That's just, that's just it's, it's all over. It's all over. But it's just the, the new thing I got on my phone as I was talking here that comes in. And they're all doing it. What they're trying to do right now in England, talking to my friends in the day, is they're saying, okay, well, we're not, we're not allowing any more of these, these uh, asylum seekers to, to stay in these fancy hotels. <laughs> I think it was how many million dollars a day, a day they were spending? Where's the money coming from? People have to ask them. The money, they're, they're just creating it out of thin air. But again, all that's going to end. We just have to sit back, relax, get some real good popcorn, and watch the circus <laughs> unfold. Yes, accountability is on the table, I believe, Commander. And we'll get you some special popcorn that won't bother your teeth, Tara. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll research that and develop that. Thank you for the eye drops. I'm very much experiencing good things. And what have you noticed? Um, right after I do them, and I wait a minute in between the two different ones, but I, I, I already see clarity much more clear, clearly. Just well, just from one treatment. Well, that's good. That's good because what people have to realize is, is, is the pH of the eyeball 
is actually more important than the pH of the rest of the body. Why? Because there's so many nerve endings connecting from the eyeball to the brain. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's that is absolutely so. And thank you for the research that you do to figure it all out. As your bio says, you are in the R&D all the way. Thank you, thank you. As we all are, everybody is doing research and development on life. Yes, we're all the guinea pigs this time. (laughs) Yes. How about if I give out the numbers in case somebody wants to call in? Thank you, Omina. Okay, so anyone that's listening to us will certainly call in about anything. Doesn't have to be about what we're talking about, but there's definitely enough for us here to answer your question or concerns you might have. So please call us at 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. I'm going to repeat them. 888-627-6008. 6008-323-744-4831. We would love to hear from you. Thank you. I passed the talking stick. Thank you, Amina. You're and welcome. Before we continue, but feel free to call in. We'll keep an eye on that board. We'll notice. Um, Rama's going to read the uh, update for this past week, yet we are um, making a request for assistance to everyone uh, here. Um, There are many bills. um, Coming due. Yes, it totals $408.79. That's for our Verizon, the electric bill, the gas, and the wind street. Um, and they're all due within the next week or two. Uh, the other thing is that um, we also need some substantial assistance so that we can pay for the second, the third, and the fourth week of last month because we're in November now. Uh, th- this is... Uh, um, also including an extra $50 a week. And by the time we get to the last week of uh, October, it'll only be 37 extra dollars. And we'll be complete with um, February, last February's uh, outstanding bill. And then things will even out a little bit. So thank you, much blessings. And as Rainbird says often, when she does the housekeeping, she says, look inside to see what is yours to give at this time. This uh, allows us to um, share like we do today uh, with everyone. And people can call us, too, as thank you, Omina gave out the phone numbers. So, um, Rama, 
I'm going to pass the talking stick to you and you can read to everyone the update since last Friday to today. Okay. And Randy just put something up here. Breaking the United Nations just voted 187 to 2 for a resolution demanding the end to the economic, commercial, and financial embargo imposed by the United States of America against Cuba. Wow. Voting against the resolution was USA and Israel. Abstaining was Ukraine. Oh, my. That really makes us look like the lovely kids in the neighborhood. Okay, I guess I better read this. Oh, thank you, Randy. It starts on Friday the 27th. I drove out on the highway towards Albuquerque. Then along the way, I stopped in the forest and sat with four deer and ten crows. They all said to me, Lord Rama, Stay in the oneness. So I sat down in the woods and started meditating. Then I saw the crystalline gold particles coming in from the sun. And I received a text message from Rosa of Palestine. She said to me, Lord Rama, Prime Minister Netanyahu wants to bomb hospitals in Gaza, and they are. The story out there that is being promulgated by the Western media is that the hospitals are entrances to the underground tunnels, which is not true. Yet Israel is supposedly going and saying they have proof that it is true. This is all fabricated first and foremost by the United States deep state. They will be stopped. Goddess Sekhmet is here. She has been many places around the planet. The cycle of destruction is being ended. Please place all of this in the circle of support and place a violent fire. And in honor of today being the Sabbath, Shabbat Shalom, Inshallah, Satnam, Namaste. And this is Monday. Um, His Holiness Dalai Lama is in a picture here looking out at the sunrise over Congra Valley from his residence in Dharmasala, India. Um, On the first All Saints Day. And this is Monday, the 30th. I received a text message from Mr. X at 11.39 late this morning. He said to me, Lord Rama, I have been cussing and discussing with various leaders of the Arab world about how to round up Prime Minister Netanyahu. It all comes back to the International Criminal Court, ICC, in the International Court of Justice, ICJ, and the World Court. What the so-called Likud Party has done in Prime Minister Netanyahu's name is to commit international war crimes and crimes against humanity. 
This falls into the realm of Lady Master Nada's world court. And I could say the Solar Tribunal because, you know, they over, they are, let's say. Well, Lady Nestronata has been invited for the last, what, 20 years. She goes to the meetings in Saturn, on Saturn. Yes. She attends those meetings and sometimes you go too. I know that. Yes. And they are, let's say, like the Cosmic Time Lords, like Doctor Who and others who help to keep this planetary system and local galaxy in balance. And and so she represents a galactic uh, council uh, while she's sitting... And she has a seat on the world court as well. Yes. That's a big deal. Yes. Um, um, just, uh, <laughs> the energies are very intense on the planet right now. The dark side has lost their power. Stay safe. Blaze the violet fire. Satnam Namaste. And this is Tuesday, Halloween, Sawin. I received a text message from Tom the Ringtail Cat, Sweet Angelique the Cat, and Larry at 11.39, like this morning. They all said to me, Lord Rama, a British MP has been sacked for speaking out in defense of the Palestinian people. He called Prime Minister Netanyahu a war criminal. Tom and Sweet Angelique at this point said to me, Lord Rama, the astrology is also very intense right now. We are being asked to do a few things and do them well and go slowly. We can tell you, Lord Rama, we have won. Even as we walk through the shadow of Mordor, we have won. As we have faith of the heart, we can do anything. See you in the light of the most radiant one. Satnam Namaste, great virus fire. And this is yesterday, the first. I received a text message from Lady Nada at 10.38 mid-morning. She said to me, Lord Rama, I have on the phone with me Mr. Craig Mokirbeer. He is a longtime international human rights lawyer who served as director of the New York Office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights. Today, Mr. Mokirbeer resigned as the director. Lady Nada said to me, Lord Rama, Mr. Mokirbeer is telling me that the United States and Israel are committing genocide and war crimes against humanity collaboratively. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mokbir said to me, Lord Rama, Prime Minister Netanyahu is a war criminal. He will be held to account. Then Lady Nada said, this will be taken to both the ICC and the ICJ. 
and President Joe Biden will in the same manner be held to account as well. Let us not forget 9-11. It is a long story, and the forces of light are here. You will see me as you least expect it. See you in the light of the most radiant one, Satnam Namaste, Blaze of Violet Fire. And this is today. I went to see Grandmother Beatrice, a Zuni tribal elder, at 10.30 mid-morning. She said to me, Lord Rama, the Sami reindeer people of northern European countries inside the Arctic Circle and the Tuban reindeer people of northern Russia, northern Siberia, and northern Mongolia are doing their sacred ceremonies and their circles, their council fires, calling in all the five elements as well as the primordial energies called anima, animas. Finally, they called in all the elders from the stars. Just let's send good vibrations uh, all over the world uh, for love to be the answer and peace. And thank you. Grandmother Beatrice continued, the war in the Middle East created collaboratively by the United States and Israel was done to seed the loosh or fear into the etheric realms planetarily. It is not, it is all being canceled now by the Ashtar Command and the Galactic Federation of Worlds. Please go and share the message of peace. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Then later on at 1210, early this afternoon, I received a text message from Mr. X. He said to me, Lord Rama, Israel is indiscriminately carpet bombing Gaza with the goal of turning it into a parking lot exactly as the United States did to South Vietnam in the Vietnam War. I used to hear about this every day. Walter Cronkite was on the news. Other people, they really kind of told the real news. Like they they don't do it now. All they do is BS and entertainment, which is, you know, part of the matrix. Walter Cronkite came to Loyola University when I was attending there. And And even Walter Cronkite, he, you know, was connected with Ayn Rand and the Rand Institute. And, you know, Greg Braden knew about the Rand Institute. Ayn Rand, Atlas Shrugged. I don't need to go into that book and the story. The Dark Side has lost. And uh, oh my God! Oh, I have to say though, he did the, he did what he could to warn the people that something's not exactly the way it's being recorded. Yeah, he did. I can tell you, Lord Brahma, Admiral Sananda Kumara, the Mahdi is here. Kalki is another way to put that. He will make his presence known as the admiral in charge of the mothership, the New Jerusalem, 
one of 12 motherships, each of which is are 5,000 miles in diameter and 12 tiers deep. The New Jerusalem has 1.5 million people living on her, even though the New Jerusalem will be parked well outside Earth's mother's gravitational field all the people on earth will be able to see her. We come in peace. See you in the light of the most radiant one. Satnam Namaste, blaze, survive fire. And there are all kinds of craft being seen around the planet. The um, triangular shaped craft. Some are the, uh, the people from Andromeda are, you know, Characters that David Grusich talked about at the, you know, disclosure of bringing when Dr. Greer brought all the eyewitnesses forward that said they had seen things and they had to sign non-disclosures and many of them went above and beyond and violated their disclosures and said yeah I saw all kinds of stuff this is still going on to this day Mr. Grusich is still talking with many whistleblowers contactees there are many senators and congress critters that are Mm -hmm. dancing around this issue it is huge because it is blowing the whistle blowing the lid off of our deep state that has known about this forever. They're the ones that, you know, brought down the Zeta's ship in 1947 because the Zeta were coming to warn us about our nuclear testing. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say it again. They are dancing around this story about nukes. And Ashtar has said, nukes are canceled. And even Dr. Greer in his own way said, when we cross that red line, we're going to have to figure out how to talk to each other because they're going to shut it all down. And folks like us sitting here in this virtual council fire uh, across the space-time airwaves. There are many folks that, you know, are going to need help to understand what's happening when the galactics are here. It's like Mr. X said, we come in peace. You know, the star nations have been here forever. It's like Aurora Ray in her earlier message Penny brought up. We already are tuning in to our gifts and abilities. I call it the Jedi powers, the Siddhas, the Force. And we've had this all along. Right now, what's happening with the energies of the sun, the monoatomic gold particles that are coming in from the solar flares, the comets, the asteroids, the meteors. Uh, this, this today right here is the biggest show in the galaxy. I kid you not. 
And, you know, what's going on in the box is um, mind control. Turn it off, like Randy said. Go out into nature. I see this stuff every day. These are the living energies that are helping this planet raise itself up. The anima, animas, these are words for the primordial energies that come literally out of the force in of itself that helps orchestrate how the particles, the electrons, the photons, I don't know (laughs) the different things that Nassim talks about. I mean, space is not empty. It is so... Everybody is everywhere all at once. And it's about getting to know ourselves and our family who are just a hair's breadth away. Like, you know, I keep saying ridiculous as it sounds. Tom and Sweet Angelique say, call us in. We're here. They're not kidding. <coughs> hmm. A Luna Joy, when she went to Mother's Temple recently in Karnak, she felt Mother's presence there. And she said, Mother is in many places around the planet having to do what she does best. Love these energies so completely that they get brought out of here, out of existence. Meaning that she sends them so much love, they either have to, you know, embrace it or they're out of here. I can't put it any other way. Well, that doesn't mean they die. No. It just means they get absorbed into all that is. Assimilated by love. That's a good way to put it. Yes. Uh, and there will be seen physical transport. Yes. Of, you might say, resistors to love to the extent that they have lost a heart energy, compassion. And so to take them uh, out of a position to cause any further harm, they will be taken to Dracos. In starships. Yes. And the world will see this. It's just like in that one report, uh, Sananda Kumara, Admiral of the New Jerusalem, will be seen. Yes. Uh, even though it's parked outside of the gravitational like, field of Earth. It, yes. Like the moon, you know, we can see the moon from Earth. I mean, almost all the time, I can watch it rise and go down uh, throughout the whole day. We are going to see the New Jerusalem part out there, and we will see it plain as the moon. And folks are going to get a loving wake-up call that we're not alone. And there have been so many stories and movies about this stuff and they try to play with the fear stuff 
and the it, it is that we are surrounded by so much frequencies of balance and harmony coming in from the cosmos. I, I, I'm kind of losing the words, but I'm saying that this matrix story that is promulgated by the the AI that's not so good right now, they are losing their power every single day, and love is the answer. I pass the talking stick. Me? Yes. <laughs> well, let's give the phone numbers again. I know people are listening carefully, and um, never give up. Keep in your heart that the smallest little experience is very powerful that you might want to share some with us. Um, so this is Station One, and welcome all your new folks that are listening. Come and give us a call. We would love to meet you. So the number, again, for Station One, there's two of them, uh, 888-627-6008. I'll say that again, 888-627-6008. And the direct line is 323 323- Seven four 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 eight three one. Again, three two three seven four 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 eight three one. All righty, and um, the gifts we all have. Do not underestimate who you are. That's what I'm hearing every day. Um, I saw an old picture that Penny had passed on to us, and there was a, a cat in a bathtub, and it was a white cat, and the cat had uh, a plastic... Uh, a shower cap. A shower cap over his ears. Uh, it was very cute. I mean... Uh, in a sense, and we have one of these uh, younger kitties, Tigger, and they're both girls, by the way, Tigger and Tegan. But um, she likes to stand under the faucet in the sink. Yeah. And yeah, what? And she sits in the bathtub with me. <laughs> in the water. In the water. Now there's an unusual cat. <laughs> so, um. And we all have some aspects of these higher beings in the sense of Peshats and uh, angels. of, uh, And as Omina's just a lover of fairies and uh, her little fairy stories put a smile on my countenance. <laughs> so does anybody here on the panel want to? Say anything? Anybody? 
Well, you were talking about fairies, so <laughs> always around um, Halloween and All Souls Day, we grew up with nothing like when Halloween is here. I don't know if it's any different now, or maybe, but we grew up with praying for all the souls because we would leave out water and bread and stuff like that, and you always left a window opened mm-hmm. so that the souls would wander around on Halloween. Mm. So you want to make sure they... And, oh, and you'd always have a candle in the window because you want to make sure they find their way. And when that was over, you had All Souls Day. That used to be a holy day of obligation, which meant you went to Mass, and you prayed for all the souls that passed. I mean, the ritual is really nice. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you were with how does the fairies fit into that? Well, they fit into the same category as that. You would have them guide your way, too. And they're very much alive. I was going to say today is actually on the calendar today. Today is All Souls Day rather than right. hell. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's November 1st. No, it's All Saints Day on November 1st, and it's All Souls Day on November 2nd. Oh, gosh, I'm getting confused. I know. I just, I got confused so many times. I I thought it was, well, you sure it wasn't All Souls Day and then All Saints Day? No, it's All Souls Day on the 1st. I mean, All Saints Day on the 1st. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And also, we're, all, we're all so far removed from it, from the old stuff. You know, you, sometimes I was getting Halloween mixed up with it. Oh, yeah. well, that's my senior moments. What can you do? Mm-hmm. And it's late at night for me, too. They're well, my excuses. I I, <laughs> I want to ask a question. Maybe you, you can help. I seem to have remembered somewhere in the past of what I've read and studied that when people died in their homes, because that's where people died, they didn't go, there were no hospitals, etc. The windows were always left open so yes. that the soul could leave. Was that yeah. all over Great Britain? Was that all over Europe? Do you know about that, Omina? It was like that when I was growing up. Ah. Yeah, because they didn't have any funeral parlors or anything like that. Death was very, very real. It wasn't, you didn't look at your loved one that died all made up. No. You know, you didn't do any of that. The um, Usually you would see them before they went into the coffin because most of them would die at home unless they died in the hospital. Then they go to the morgue in the hospital and you would visit them there before they go into the coffin, before they're brought to the church. And then they would get buried. You go out to the big hole there was no canopies nothing covering the hole it was just a hole and you put the coffin in the ground and you had men there that put the dirt over the coffin and that was that and that was that and mm-hmm. actually in 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 terms of psychological effects especially to children losing their parents like i did and all my siblings it was a very, it was reality that helped to deal with the shock of it as you went on with your life. 
because yeah. when you see somebody all made up, you, it, does, it doesn't register in your head that they're dead. Mm-hmm. It really does. Not if you're a child. Yeah. yeah. And that's another question, too. Were children in the old days, as we call them, uh, did they go to funerals? And did they, or, or maybe was that a class structure thing? You know, no, that in we, the- all, we all, we, the only one that didn't, we all went to the funeral except the baby. Mm-hmm. She was only three years old, but all the rest of us went mm-hmm. and went to the whole ritual. And was that generally true of all the families that you knew, uh, Omina? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a neighborhood thing. I mean, okay. that was a neighborhood thing. You live four or five miles away from the church, but all around the area of where you lived and where you went to school. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah, that was normal. Children went to bury their parents or adult children, little children. Most that suffered when they were little children was because it was an accident of some sort. And the same if you bury children. Hmm. All the wakes were done at home. Wow. Yep. Well, you know, James Joyce's Finnegan's Wake. Oh, the the, the one that went on for 900 pages. Yes. <laughs> that one. <laughs> I mean, it depend on, it depend on, uh, I suppose, the difference will be between the rich and the poor depends on how long the wake will go on because you're feeding people and you're serving drink. So that would, you know, that would require food and liquor and most poor families wouldn't have that. But my mother went from the morgue to the church because she was killed by a drunk driver. And that was in the early 60s. So it was really interesting that at that time, there wasn't an awful lot of people that had cars that would be running around the countryside. Hmm. You know, so, um, yeah, but they, yeah, it was very real. It was very, very real. I mean, I never saw a person all made up here. I mean, I never saw a person, a dead person all made up, you know, where the hair is all done, the makeup is all on, you're all dressed up. And you're lying there, and you don't look like you're dead at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, adult. The first time I saw that, mm-hmm. that was a, that was a little bit of a shock. Yeah. It's well, called- I I have a funny story about my, one of my uncles. Um, and he was telling us about talking to his friend that was going to uh, was responsible for. Well, his he was friends with the undertaker in the local town. And it was a town I knew because it was the town where I had my first teaching position. But my uncle Len <laughs> told mom and I, and uh, I I don't know whether, I, yeah, I was there when he was telling mom that uh, he had said to so-and-so, well, be careful that you don't, uh, you know, t- uh, tie my tie too tight. He says, I've never liked having my tie tight. And then all of a sudden he says, what do I care? I'm not going to feel it. <laughs> And we all just burst out laughing, you know. It was quite, it was funny, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, there's lots of stories about people being waked in the houses in Ireland in the olden days. And some people still, some people still choose to do that. Hmm. Yeah. 
I don't think it was until the 70s or close to the 80s when when um, funeral parlors begin to pop up, and there's still not a whole lot of them. Mm. Well, the fact that, that here in this country, in North America, we tend to, you know, use, have people take dead people to the morgue and then from, or whatever, and then they go to the funeral parlor and then they come back. It's, it's all tied in with this fear of death. Isn't that what's going on here? And it, it, it increases. No, I, I don't know if it's a fear of death as much as it is the economics of the whole thing. Yeah. Well, yes. The cynic in me was going to say that too. <laughs> And then the denial of the death is is the makeup and the clothes and all of that, you know. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all very, very. It's not how I envisioned it. Let's put it that way. Mm. I probably won't well, have a wake when I die. You won't have a wake. I don't think I'm going to have a wake. I don't think I'm going to have a ceremony. I think I just want to be cremated and buried under a rose bush. That's it. Mm. Yeah. I'm moving more and more. I don't want all the hullabaloo around us. If my kids want to have a party, they can go ahead. Well, what do you care? You're not going to be there. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm not going to be there. It doesn't. Yeah. It's up to them how they spend the money, I suppose. Well, that's if I leave the money, if I have any to leave. Well, it's I, I, I wasn't necessarily meaning that you were going to drop them a bundle or anything like that, Omina. I was just, you know, it's like spending money for a wedding. You know, you've got to make a choice at some time oh whether God. you're going to spend well, it all on that or you're going to buy a house, you know. Well, it's so ridiculous spending all that money on what? Mm-hmm. Really? It's um, it's like go on a cruise or something. Mm. I was going to say, Omina oh, and uh, Penny, um, you know, there's spiritualists, uh, and a lot of those people are black people, but they celebrate the life of the person that went over the rainbow. They throw a big party. They have a big party, and they dance, and they celebrate the life of the one that went over the rainbow. And I Well, think, that's, oh, that's what happens in Hawaii, isn't it? I mean, that happens in a lot of cultures. Well, that's where the Irish wakes so would they'd all be dancing. Mm-hmm. You know, the Irish wakes would be in the house, and they'd be doing all of that. They'd be celebrating. Oh, definitely. At the wake. Yeah, there's, there's, yes. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure what they were celebrating, but it would definitely. When I was in this country when my grandfather passed. And he came to me as soon as he left his body because it was granddad. And it's like I sat up in the bed and I'm going, granddad, what are you doing here? And then I knew he passed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, then I knew he passed. Mm. So because that's happened to me a couple of times with different people. And then I would hear later on. At that time, we were, uh, I don't even know, we had phones because I came from a culture where I didn't grow up with a phone or a television. We were probably here for three or four years before I had a phone. And it didn't matter. Yeah, you talk spirit to spirit there. Mm. Yeah, it just didn't matter. It didn't matter. We didn't get a TV. We had kids and they were little and they were old enough to know that all the friends had TVs. Then we got a TV. Mm. <laughs> 
Isn't it? It's funny how you're still you're still in your own culture until for quite a while until you finally um, adopt the host culture. So it's it's my children went to kindergarten with brogues. With brogues, you mean those kind of shoes? Oh, accent, accent. Oh, brogue. Well, brogues are also shoes. So <laughs> well, I, don't know, I yeah. don't know. I still don't know anything about those shoes. Oh, I don't either. I never heard of that. Where did you? Well, hear- then I'm. I, it's it's if it isn't if I haven't got it right, it's a related word, and it just came. Well, it's like something I know, but I don't know why I know it. Well, I think the Irish brogue is spelled B R O U G H. Hmm. The other thing that I learned in reading historical novels is that um, that the English were dead dead afraid of the Scots because the Scots, who basically come from a Celtic background, weren't afraid of dying, so they were bloody fearless when it came to mm-hmm. war. Yeah, they they didn't you know they they knew they were going to live on. So what the heck, you know? Let's go and you know have a little fun before we go, kind of thing. Oh the, British Empire, the British Empire just did that to a lot of nations of the world. Mm. In the world, yes, yeah. Oh. That was just that was their nature. So you know, it was just very different. They, the British ruled an awful lot of countries to go over. Robbed a lot of countries. Yes. Yes. So. I thought the word brogue was spelled B-R-O-G-U-E. I'm going to ask my phone. Yeah. <laughs> How do you spell Irish brogue? <laughs> Siri. B-R-O-G-U-E. You're absolutely mm. right. <laughs> <laughs> B-R-O-G-U-E. Wait, 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 wait. That's the American way of spelling it. The Irish way may have been spelling it the way I spelled it. Oh. What's your way, um, Omina? B-R-O-U-G-H-E. What? You mean H? H, yeah. You got to ask, do the Irish spell brogue? Huh? Ask, do the Irish spell brogue differently than the Americans? How do the Irish spell brogue? Brogue. B-R-O-G-U-E. B-R-O-G-U-E. That's right. Okay. Doesn't matter which side of the pond. Oh, listen to this. Origin of the early 18th century, perhaps elusively from brogue, Referring to the rogue footwear of Irish peasants. There you go. Huh. I have no idea why I know that, but I did. <laughs> oh. Well, my dyslexic brain will spell things differently all the time. <laughs> That's why we have dictionaries and spell check. And cell phones. And correct alls. You know what correct dolls are, right? No. I'm surrounded by correct dolls all the time to correct whatever I'm saying or doing. Angels. Yeah, too. Correct all angels, yeah. But I have oh. no problem. I have no problem with that because that's how I learn. Mm. 
That's great. You got you got an awareness of those correct all angels. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it was Microsoft that taught me how to um, made me aware of how backward my sentences were and how to phrase it correctly and <laughs> become aware of it. How I ever got to six years of college is a miracle. Mm-hmm. You were guided. Yes, yes. <laughs> if we can get this kid out of here, maybe she'll do something good. You know, <laughs> I, I was in my thirties before before I ever went to college. My kids were in high school, and it was like I remember when the professor was saying, "Give me back a paper." The re- the the writing was really really good. It just says he said to me, "I think you have a problem with this," and then sent me to get evaluated for dyslexia, and then to be able to take some tutoring on that. Because when I was growing up, they didn't know how to diagnose that, thank God. Otherwise, they would have said I was learned disabled, and there's nothing wrong with my brain other than seeing things differently. And you know what? I still see things differently in the world. Mm. So, you know, that's not so bad. Mm-hmm. Did you see that uh, t- uh, Margie's on Terra? From Tennessee. Oh, there you go, Margie. You're on ten on line one from Tennessee. Thank you with your eagle eye, Penny. Yep. That's uh, right. <laughs> yes. Margie. Hi. I wanted to share with you. Um, my grandfather was a Baptist preacher. And when I was growing up, when people passed away, the women in the community went into the home and they bathed the person that had passed. They put quarters on their eyes so their eyes wouldn't open, and then they wrapped them in a sheet and waited for the ambulance or whatever to come and get them. And then they brought them back home after they were embalmed. And they were three days sitting up, and people brought in food and everything, and then there would be different groups of people that would come in, and they would sing all night and pray. And it was it was very old, old-fashioned stuff. And my grandfather usually stayed with whoever it was that had passed away. And then on the third day, they had the funeral. But it was really different, you know, and it took me a while when they started going to the funeral homes and then to church that they didn't bring them home. I thought that was bad. (laughs) I thought they're they're not honoring these people. They die. They, They want to go home, you know. But that's, you know, uh, old people in Kentucky used to do that. Huh. And they had, yeah, they had huge meals. They had all kinds of food that people would bring in from everywhere. And um, mostly the, the men would sit on the porch and the women would be in the kitchens, of course. And... It very they they would have the person in their living room, and everybody would come in through and look at the you know the, the person that had passed away. And that I know it's different. about three da- three days before the soul is completely gone from the body. So there's where the three days comes in. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. I think that might depend on on the development of the soul. That might depend on, you know, what stage develop, development was. If you're an enlightened well, I, being, you're not going to take space to leave your body. 
Right. But I, that wouldn't I, I necessarily just... have been known at the time, would it, Omina? I mean, yeah, we can see that now from our viewpoint, but that may not right. be what the other people thought about well, at that I'll time. That's we're talking a I, while. It was, I, yes, it was a long time back... ago. Yeah, that basically went back to England when they used to not embalm people. They would wait three days to make sure they were dead. You know, that's part of it. That's, that's not all. No, of that's it, very but. true. Yes, historically, that to make sure they were dead because many people had the sleeping sickness where they seemed like they were dead and buried alive. Yeah. Right, right, and they used to have bells in their caskets, yes. and they would ring those bells if they weren't dead. Uh, yeah. I can't imagine, but I, I can remember seeing some of those people in wooden boxes. You know, they weren't real, they weren't updated caskets like they are today. So that was very old, old stuff. And I remember them using a um, horse and a, or a mule and a wagon and carrying this one lady up the hill behind us. There was a graveyard way, I mean, it was way up there. You couldn't get up there with a horse, so... That's old country. I mean, that's old, old country. And we don't I have anything like Margie that anymore. For you to say she, I was waiting, Margie, for you to say she fell out of the wagon. <laughs> no. Oh, dear Lord. That's like a, that's like a track comedy in a movie. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> there, there are places still down there that you can't get up through there that I would say there have been <laughs> plenty of them fall out of the wagon. But I don't know. I haven't seen that happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I wanted to share that with you because, you know, I, uh, my grandfather lived across the street from us, and I used to help him when he needed help, either with a funeral or a wedding. <laughs> I would see there's somebody that had to stand up with somebody or go to a funeral, you know. So it's it's all different now. We don't do that. And... I just wonder if we're missing part of the release or um, I don't know what, how to put that. The respect of someone dying the, the three days and then having them at home and then go into the ground, you know. I, I don't know. Um, it's just different. Well, there is that. It's a recognition of life. And uh, the, now you can do it. You can get somebody else to do everything. You can get catering. You don't have to get your hands dirty or sweat to do anything re relative right. to a funeral. And right. Th right. that really takes away from the consideration of our humanity, I think. Right. It really, it was different. And, and mm. to me, when they started taking the people by ambulance to the funeral home, I was kind of like, no, that's not right. You're not supposed to do it that way. You know, mm -hmm. what did I know? I was a kid, so. Anyway, well, listen, you guys have a blessed week, and you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful weekend, and have all the blessings in the world, and, and, and everything is taken care of for us. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I, I will talk to you later then. Have much love. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. Maggie. Bye. Bye, Margie. I was going to also... Thanks, Margie. Yeah. I was also going to say just that uh, there's a special dispensation in place now that uh, 
we were talking about how many people have gone over the rainbow in Palestine and talking about our individual experiences with death earlier on, that this is a very special moment in time where the souls can choose to come back in the same bodies, all totally healed as though this nightmare never happened Mm. and can continue forward with their lives. Uh, And I think that's a very big uh, dispensation. And that's saying something for humanity uh, to uh, get themselves back in a balanced place. Do you think so, Rama? Yes. Uh, I just know that what's happening at this time is everything is changing in a twinkling of an eye. And it might sound ridiculous, but it's true. (laughs) Okay, well, we're getting to that uh, moment. Um. Yeah, I know that in about four minutes it's going to be past Omina's bedtime. That's the important thing. <laughs> Definitely, it's going to be past my bedtime now. Well, I want Omina to hear the song, so maybe you should call in for the music. Amen. Okay. Oh. Let's do well, it. I mean, we're not too far from the end. What's the song? Never mind. I want you to hear it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'll definitely wait to hear it. Okay, then. That's all. Okay. <laughs> all right. Music maestro, Commander Don, let's have that song. Somebody write it in there in that box over there. Don, Commander Don. All right. We're ready for that music Penny sent to you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Come tomorrow. Good night, everyone. Come tomorrow and Saturday. We have so many beautiful things to share. Namaste. Namaste for now.